This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Well, today's episode is a chat with musician Claude. Claude's debut album, Super Monster, was released in 2021. And also, this adorable and wonderful person is touring this fall. I am going to go see them in Los Angeles. Also, hey, speaking of seeing people, come see me. I'm doing two shows this summer. That's right. Dose. That I know of right now. One is in Los Angeles. It is on July 18th. Is that true? I'm gonna look while Jordan and also Matt stare at me. Let's see. It's July 18th. July 18th, 6 p.m. You can go right to bed afterwards. Also, I'm doing a show in New York. That's on August 26th. Information, tickets, and my socials, the show in Los Angeles is at Dynasty Typewriter. The show in New York is at the Bell House. Both of them are limited to capacity. Both of them will sell out. Get tickets, please, now. And XO, enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Claude. Um, I'm a musician. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I know about myself. (laughs) Is it? Is that the full? That's actually, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot left to learn then. That's exciting. I like to, you know, leave it Uh open-ended. Uh-huh. Your hair is looking good. (laughs) Thank you. So is yours. Oh my God. Thank you. I I just went swimming and um Mm-mm. now I have like that wet boy look that everybody's yeah. trying to get. I'm um, jealous. I want to go swimming. Oh, it's a you know, there's a local Y near where I live, and I go for early morning lap swims with like um people that are like in their eighties. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and me. And then I secretly race them. I was telling Jordan <laughs> and Matt this before you came on. I secretly, like, there's always, like, one pretty good swimmer who, like, definitely swam in college or something. Mm-hmm. And I track them under the water and secretly race them. They don't, they definitely know I'm doing this. It's very clear <laughs> that that's what's happening. But um, that's my, <laughs> that's my current lifestyle is swimming amidst the you know, that's who I want to be, right? Yeah. Like still like 80, like up in the morning, like still out there in the world. Doesn't that sound like a dream? Yeah. That's like, oh, you know, when you're like walking down the street and, and you, some, the, someone's walking in front of you and it's not like they're walking too slow, but you like want to pass them. And yeah. you're like, now I have to like pretend like I'm a really fast walker <laughs> for like at least a block. Otherwise it's awkward. <laughs> oh God. But there's, you know, what is much, you know, I'm going to give you the worst. This is the worst case scenario. You're walking down the street and there's somebody who's behind you who is faster than you, but won't pass you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so odd. And is just up your ass yeah. in a way that feels unsafe. <laughs> yeah, it feels like intim- like they're intimidating you yeah, to walk exactly. faster. Yes. But I don't cave. Uh, I just almost slow down. And you stay at your like pace? That. Yeah. That's very impressive. Thank you. Um, where are you right now, Claude? Where are you? Where am I? Where am I I'm, calling you from? Where I'm, are you? <laughs> uh, I'm in my kitchen. No, I'm kidding. I'm in New York. Um, what about you? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, cool. How is New York right now? It's good. I don't know. Things like people, I think people are getting really excited about the weather being warmer. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, my favorite thing about New York is that the parks are always full. So it's like, even if I just like want to see somebody, like anybody, no one I know, just like a person, I can like walk down the street to the park and it's like full of people. Yeah. Human interaction that you can not necessarily do at like an A level, but by sort of osmosis, just put your body in it, put your body yeah. in the group of people. You're like, okay, um, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. How has it been for you um, being a musician in the last year? <sighs> Loaded question. I think, you know, a year is a really long time. So I think like any year I've had, it's flowed. It's it's changed as the months change. Um, I feel like at the start of the pandemic, everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Like, what are we supposed to be doing right now? And then as it went on, I was sort of just like, okay, well, I have this album. It's done. I'm not going to like wait until what, like, you know, there's no end in sight to this global pandemic that nobody knows anything about. So like, I think I'm just going to like release this music and carry on and if I never tour the record I never tour it but I just sort of have to adjust yeah that's something that I you know that I've thought a lot about because um stand-up comedy which is my first job Mm -hmm. uh doesn't really work without an audience um Mm -hmm. i mean i trust me i tried (laughs) early in the pandemic Mm -hmm. i was just like taping myself alone in my house but zoom shows are fine you know that's fine um but music is so different than that like it's well actually i'll say this i fully play no i fully don't know anything about music this (laughs) is my perception of of uh what it's like you know the idea that like you could still make work and put it out and it might not be such a different process. Obviously, the touring is one thing, but just in terms of like recording it or writing it, like that, that might not be a different process. Is that true, yeah. or am I just sorely misinformed? <laughs> uh, I think like a big part of I think it's different for everybody. Like a big part of my process is like co- collaboration. I like to feel like other people's energy in a room. And like, like it's when you're like writing a song by yourself, there's nobody to be like, does this sentence make sense? Or like, if I sing it out loud and somebody is like, huh, then I sort of know to adjust it, you know? Um, Or if I sing something out loud and it's a really good, and there's good reaction, like 
from like my friend in the room or just somebody in the room is like, is it gives me the confidence to keep going with the song. I don't know if you do this, but like whenever I'm making something, the whole time I'm like, this is horrible. Why am I doing this? Like, I need to start over. And then I finish it and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it wasn't that bad, you know? I mean, that's so funny. That's so funny because I, well, I will answer your question in a second, but I think that's Mm -hmm. so funny because it's like, (laughs) I just think you're alone in a room always. I don't even realize there are friends there. As you're talking, I'm like, right, this is what I've seen in the Taylor Swift documentary. There are people around you, but, um, but I certainly know about just, you know, deciding whether or not to build on something based on reaction. Like that's the, yeah, that's how you like test jokes over time Mm -hmm. is. To be like, okay, this didn't work. This worked. What? What's the tweak or whatever? So yeah, I know that process that you're discussing. Yeah. Uh, um, and in terms of like, do I think things are uh, bad as I'm working on them, and then like feel good about it as it comes out? Um, yeah, I mean, the start of working on a new stand-up set is like completely bonkers because it is. It actually, it's not like I think it's bad. It actually is bad <laughs> because working on jokes alone, it doesn't, it doesn't go right. So you have to start by testing it front in front of an audience from, uh, like knowing that you don't have the cadence down or like mm-hmm. that I don't have the cadence down or that I don't know what the punchline is. Yeah. And, um, it's bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> bad at first. And, and yeah, got to stay up there and like, and almost sort of pretend like it's going well so that the audience doesn't freak out (laughs) because they don't want to think it's going badly. Then you lose them. But anyway. Back in like January, I like, I woke up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I'm writing a stand-up set. I have to write this stand-up set. All right. I wrote like a whole stand-up set just like on my notes app. And like, it started with me imitating jerry seinfeld so you know it was like not, <laughs> was not that's good. that cutting edge stuff <laughs> yeah really original um yeah that's my experience are you gonna do comedy. it no it's so bad it's so bad i tried running it by my grandma she didn't think it was funny that so. is not the audience to start with you give you bring grandmas in last that's, oh, okay. <laughs> that's with your tested stuff. You gotta, oh. you gotta, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll yeah, try yeah. someone else. <laughs> yeah. You gotta run it by somebody else. Um, <laughs> does it feel disappointing then? Cause you said I might never tour on this record, but like, you know, that's all right or whatever. Um, I mean, is that really all right? Does that feel like, how does that actually feel? I mean, it would be a bummer because it would mean like the state of, the virus is pretty bad. Um, but I do have tours planned in the fall and I've seen, been seeing a lot of artists like announce shows in the fall. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to rehearse the album now. Like, <laughs> I think it actually might happen. But um, that was sort of my mentality when I decided to release the record in February was okay, I sort of just have to be okay with this being like maybe not like getting the full promotion it gets because of a pandemic and 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 I just have to be okay with that, I guess. But I don't know. It looks like touring is going to happen. I hope this is like not an annoying question. It might mm-hmm. be. 
Um, ready? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 22. <laughs> yeah, that's that makes sense. It's kind of where I would have put you. <laughs> People um, always think I'm like 16. I think. <laughs> no, I look just. I would. I would never do you. I would never do you like that. 16, <laughs> absolutely not. But I would. I would. Just, I would just say 23. Um. Ooh. So yeah. Ooh, that real. Next year. So, yeah. 22. Um, and talk to me a little bit about your, you know, in music, 22 could be an age somebody starts. It could be 10 years after somebody picked up their first instrument. It could be. So where, where is this for you in your life? I started, I mean, I started playing music. I've been playing music like since middle school, I think ever since I like had my first crush on somebody, you know? And then... Wait, how is that related? Hang on. (laughs) Tell me how that's related. Because I wanted to write a song. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you you have those lyrics? Do you have that song? I have this, like, old songbook. It's, like, turquoise, the songbook. And the first, like, few songs I ever wrote were in there. Um... I think the song was called like falling for you or something. Oh my God. Did this person hear it? (laughs) No. I think my whole family was like, this is great. Never play this outside (laughs) of this room. (laughs) Oh, come on. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. And then I I would have like put stuff on SoundCloud in high school and then take it down because I got nervous. And then I started like really releasing music my freshman year of college. So when I was like 18, and then I dropped out in college. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, uh, I think what's interesting about that is, well, I mean, a lot of things are interesting about that, but something that I'm thinking about is, right, like that's sort of been true as long as music has been, <laughs> as long as human beings have been playing music, there's, there've mm-hmm. been people that started young and people that were writing young. Um, but I, but obviously the internet makes it, changes things a little bit because there is a way to distribute that music. like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, um, you're neither Mozart, like, playing in some <laughs> random room for whoever happens to be there, nor are you, like, waiting for the, you know, record deal in order to be able to get, um, in order for people to be able to listen. So I'm thinking about, you know, the age that you're talking about and actually having people that I didn't know hear my thoughts. And that just, that sounds that's so different than my experience because mm-hmm. I was, um, what was I doing? Like at the time that you were putting stuff on SoundCloud and then taking it down, I was like on the soccer team mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, not really doing anything creative yet. Did you play soccer in college or in high school? Uh, yeah, I played a lot. I was a big, I was a big high school jock. Why did you really? play soccer in high school? No, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't like a sports gay. Hmm. at all <laughs> yeah i was i played soccer i played basketball swimming well um i'll also say that i wasn't i'm like i'm like athletic sort of i guess naturally but not good mm-hmm. and i definitely was like the comic relief of all of those teams <laughs> <laughs> when i when i like work out the only way i can get through it is to be like is to make jokes. So if I'm like working out with my friends, they get so annoyed with me because I'm like <laughs> planks. Like 
I just make jokes about it. I just can't get through it because it's so difficult because I hate working out. Yeah, I think that my teammates thought it was fun, but I think my coaches thought that they wanted to kill me, probably, yeah. because I'm very annoying and distracting <laughs> at all practices. When So when you were, when you were, you know, a really young person making music, were you still, was this something you were sharing with friends? Like, what did that look like? What was the, what was your setup? Where were you recording these things that you were putting on SoundCloud? Um, I loved to play shows, like, from the start, I think. I really liked, like, there was a bowling alley in my town, um, and I would Which play, is where? Uh, where was this? Like a suburb town? of Chicago. Wait, where? What suburb? <laughs> Highland Park. Oh. <laughs> Do you know it? I'm from Western Springs, which is, like, near Hinsdale. Oh, um, okay. Which is also in the suburbs of Chicago. But yeah. Highland Park is a north suburb, and I am from the straight-up western suburbs. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, Western Suburbs. Like what bowling alley? <laughs> it was called The Alley. Oh, nope. Never been there. Yeah. It was just like I have been a to place. Mm -hmm. You have been. That's so wild. Yeah, my sister used to work there. Oh, really? I don't know. You know, you never know what you're... But yeah, okay. <laughs> so you're going, you're playing The Alley. Yeah, I would play at The Alley. And I would just play with like my acoustic guitar and like all the really loud like bowling pins would just like drown out the whole show oh my god this actually i and would friends come see you yeah friends would come see me i like this is my first boyfriend was in a band that would play um shows opening for this band that at the time was like the biggest ska band in chicago this is the <laughs> age that i am there were there was a big ska band um that was called lucky boys confusion and my boyfriend's band would open for them and always at all ages venues. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up going to those shows. And I will say my experience of being just near that band, I thought that was very fucking cool. <laughs> like I thought that was the coolest. So your experience of being the band, was that, how, how did, how did, how did that feel? Um, <laughs> In high school, I don't think anybody thought it was cool. <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like super cool. I don't know. And I, when I say my friends came, like two friends would come. Like I had two friends and they would, they would come to all, the, all my shows, which was really nice of them. But they would also drive me and like they lived around the corner. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was fun. My parents were always like, front row like really excited but um yeah I don't think it got cool until like I was I I wasn't very cool in high school but once I like maybe like found myself a little more I think I like made more friends and more people wanted to come to my shows and stuff what what were you like that wasn't very cool what were you like in high school I mean I don't know I wasn't really social like, mm -hmm. I had, like, an awkward haircut. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very positive that you had um, an outlet then for mm -hmm. your for your feelings and for your experiences if, you, if, if socializing was, was not that outlet. 
Yeah. I I feel really lucky. I think like it was definitely the only way, like writing songs was like the only way I like processed things. Yeah, I relate to that. I mean, that's mm. why I started telling jokes mm-hmm. because I was like unable to have those conversations elsewhere. And so mm-hmm. it was really easy to start there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, is that the vibe? That's the vibe yeah. for you too? Yeah. Yeah. And has that changed? Is it easier for you these days? Um, yes and no. Like sometimes I think I'm just like an incredible communicator and then I realize that I'm not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I definitely like channel a lot of my like energy into like the songs I write. And then I'm like, well, I told somebody... So like, you don't need to tell you, <laughs> you know, I said yeah. that loud, but it wasn't to your face. Yeah. You know? When does that become clear? You know, you said sometimes you feel like you're a great communicator. Is that like, is there, are there particular areas of focus, like um, dating relationships or like uh, friendship relationships or family? Or is there, is there, mm-hmm. are there areas where it's easier and areas where it's more difficult? Do you notice that? Yeah. A hundred percent. It also just depends on the person. Like if they're mm. going to make you feel comfortable and if they can like take it, I guess, or if they're, if they can, and yeah, it usually depends if like they can make you feel comfortable saying what you need to. But I, I thought it was so funny because like, I don't remember why my dad originally told me this, but at some point after I had like left the house and moved to New York or something, he was like, if there's anything I can teach you, it's that communication is key. You have to over communicate. Communication is the most important thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm going to be a good communicator. And then like a year later, I realized that my dad was like the most awful communicator. And I was like, what have I learned? Like in what way? Like, because he, he'll never like, well, I don't want to put my dad on blast. But like, well, I guess I just mean like, is it like emotional stuff? Is it that? Is that like just generally? And you can also say you don't want to answer that. Yeah, I think it's just with everything. Like even with like an email. <laughs> sure, sure. With everything is, is really <laughs> with everything. <laughs> yes. All of the above. <laughs> sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um He's gonna be well, so mad at me. <laughs> no. I you know, so I guess my question is like, then because your parents were coming to your shows, mm. did did this feel like a way to communicate with them? No. Oh my God. I feel like the songs that I wrote too were like, so, um, they were just very like high school poetry class. You know what I mean? Like not like, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Nothing very deep there. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
I'm thinking about what I want to ask you about next. <laughs> maybe this moment of, you know, when you left the house, moved to New York. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that choice, what it was like. I went up, I went to college for a year upstate in, in um, Syracuse. And I met like some pretty incredible friends. Like it, I felt like it was one of the first times in my life where I was like, these people and I, like we really, it, it was just, I, we really were locked, like really close. Um, but I didn't feel like there was a lot of room to like grow and meet like more queer people or trans people. And so I wanted to move to New York, like the city. And um, as soon as I did, I really felt like so much more comfortable with myself. And just like there was an, an anonymity to it that allowed me to, I think, just like figure out stuff about myself that I could that I don't think I could have at Syracuse because I knew everyone. Everyone knew me, you know. Yeah, I mean, I actually I kind of do know what you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. especially I mean. I've been to Syracuse, but I can't remember what the actual city is like. But, like, I'm just going to assume there aren't, like, a ton of people with green hair, like, (laughs) in Syracuse. Yeah, there Uh, are. And, yeah, I I understand what you're talking about in terms of um, the sort of gift of blending. I'm actually having a little bit the opposite experience right now after a long Mm -hmm. time. Like, I during the pandemic, I moved... um, like I live actually not in Los Angeles proper right now. I live in Pasadena at mm. the base of um, the Angeles National Forest, which is like this huge national forest. Mm-hmm. I live um, two blocks from a mountain. Like there's like my mm-hmm. road ends into a mountain. That's cool. And it's so cool. And like uh, really different than anywhere I've like, I grew up, you know, in the suburbs and then mm-hmm. I moved to Boston to go to school and then I was like on limping on campus. And then I was living in the like most punk rock area in Boston. And then I was living like in Chicago and then I was living in like the most punk rock area in Chicago. And then I was living in LA and the most punk rock place in LA. Like just everything was very loud. Mm-hmm. Green hair was not Hard nobody. Yeah. Nobody notices, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I had, some pretty extreme haircuts. Not that yours is. I mean, I had like mm-hmm. I had like extreme haircuts, <laughs> <laughs> and like nobody seemed to notice. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just having the. I like forgot what this is. I'm very glad to have the peace of where I live right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like really needed it in this. Like especially when things were so stressful, because I just found myself. I was like living in. I was living in an apartment and. They were replacing a water main on my street. So the entire street was had been removed. And I had to drive across a metal drawbridge that the workers would put down so that I could drive into um, the, like, parking area for my apartment. And then also I lived on the path of the where the LAPD parks their helicopters and downtown. Oh, And my God. this is also during, like, all of the... Black Lives Matter protests, which mm-hmm. I was going to, mm-hmm. but then like could not come home from really, which oh, I know is true for a lot of people because yeah. 
um, the helicopters were flying super low over and circling over um, our apartment at all times. And that sounds awful. And I just, I will say I was, um, I was so mad all the time. And Mm -hmm. I just realized like, oh, I, um, you know, I'm renting. Like, I don't, I just, it doesn't, this maybe, this maybe isn't helping anybody. (laughs) My like need to feel anonymous in the heart of a city is maybe not helping anybody right now because I feel very angry and I can't sleep and, um, everything is really loud. And so anyway, I made this choice, but, uh, there it's not, it's not super queer here. Yeah. (laughs) In this mountain town. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure. Honestly, like I always think about that too. I'm like, Oh, I want to go somewhere remote. And then I'm like, do I want to walk outside? <laughs> like, do I want to go somewhere remote? I don't know. It's kind of scary yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it, I don't know if that, the interesting thing is that I haven't felt scared, but I have just felt more like visible, which is mm-hmm. so, which is, I mean, something I definitely remember from other times in my life, like especially growing up, you know, I felt mm-hmm. so visible all the time. I feel that way on planes, you know, like mm-hmm. sort of a place where there's like a different mix of people. I feel pretty visible, but, um, but then in other ways I really blend in this, I'm like in an interracial relationship. And so is like everybody that lives here essentially in, in the mm-hmm. neighborhood that I live in. So there, there are other ways where, you know, where I blend. So anyway, I, I do think that like as queer people or as gender nonconforming people, it is like, it's a, I just don't know the the feeling of, being visible and just always I'm wondering about like, what's the trade-off there? Yeah. I don't know. I think too, just like being able to see other people that you want to look like, or like that you, you know, just like is really, really helps with confidence, I think. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's why I like living here. I think. Yeah. So that was a huge, so you were in Syracuse and then got to New York and you you got to feel that pe- that that experience of like yeah. this is who I want to be that yeah. sort of aspirational thing and I can be because this person is this you know I, I totally do yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I mean I, I think that that I think that that really matters especially because for queer folks it's not the norm that we are born into families that also have queer representation like that Mm -hmm. does exist but it's not necessarily the norm so yeah in terms of like what could I be what could I look like how could I express myself Mm -hmm. what clothes could I wear you know all that it's like not something we learn at home exactly yeah so what is your you were talking about growing your confidence um for a moment there um yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah you don't know what, what's where where are you with that today? Sometimes I'm so confident and then some days I'm like so insecure. And usually I'm I wouldn't consider myself an insecure person. But like I, I think I'm a shy person. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I do feel my confidence growing and I and I make sure to acknowledge that and like applaud myself when I when I um can talk to somebody without, you know being really, really nervous at first and, you know, or second guessing everything I say or changing six times before I leave the house. You know, I don't do that anymore, really, but sometimes I do, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are really great markers. Um, Mm -hmm. 
How did you find out, figure out uh, what clothing would make you feel comfortable in leaving the house? Hmm. It it all like I for a while I would wear like the same like three or four shirts over and over because they just like made me feel comfortable. And I only have a couple pairs of pants that I really like that I wear and that I yeah, I only have like a few pairs of pants, but it takes time. And um I th- yeah, it takes time. But I got I got top surgery in January and ever since then I've been like, I'm gonna wear anything I want, you know. Really? Yeah, it's been super great. <laughs> I feel oh, really yeah, lucky. Smile. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um wild time to have that experience. Yeah. Given that like the entire world changed in February, March. It was um, um yeah, it was um and it was this past January though. Oh yeah, so got it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've heard like, there's been another January. We... What month are we in? <laughs> What's happening? Huh? Gemini oh, season. so it was like fully in the midst of what was it like to be in a medical situation in that during that time? Uh, by the time of my surgery, or no? So honestly, it was fine. I the surgery was done in the surgeon's office, so I didn't have to go to a hospital or anything. And um, I just like I had my like consultation appointment, like I could bring one person with me and and then the only time I ever went back to the surgery center was like for my post-op appointment and uh pretty much all of the like nurses and surgeons were vaccinated by then so it was honestly pretty fine like I spent so little time actually in like the medical surgical center and um it was a little scary because I was like, oh, I really hope I don't get COVID while recovering from the surgery. But I just like my mom took care of me and I literally didn't see anybody but my mom for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of one thing I was wondering about is, you know, whether that was isolating, but maybe it's also, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's also ideal because it's just a time of healing anyway. So yeah. what, how, how did that feel to go through the like three weeks of just seeing your mom? Um, my mom and I kind of wanted to like make an experience out of it. So I rented this like house. I, my mom lives in California. Um, but we wanted, we had to be closer to the surgery center, which was like about an hour outside of LA. Mm. And so in case anything was wrong, like you, you're kind of required to be close by for the first like 10 days. So for the first like 10 days, my mom and I, or I rented this house, like, um, sort of in the mountains and I really enjoyed the isolation. And then after about like two weeks, I was like, we've got to go. Like, this is too much. <laughs> we have to see other people. Like, it was just like too much isolation. But I think I healed really well for the first couple of weeks because of that. And how how does it feel, you know, sort of seeing people after or how did it feel you know seeing people after that especially because it like happened sort of off in a different place mm-hmm. you know then seeing friends um you know with this like new confidence or new bod or new way mm-hmm. that you're wearing clothes you know how how does that feel it was good like my friends were i would like consistently facetime my friends and be like look at my nipples like <laughs> look <laughs> You know, so I think they kind of knew what to expect by the time knew, knew what to expect by the time they saw me again. But um, 
Yeah, it was it was fun. It was really fun. I still like every time I like go to see a friend or like go out in public, I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you know, you're feeling some confidence. Yeah. Well, and now I'm even thinking a little bit more about what you're talking about, about it getting warm mm-hmm. in New York, because I would imagine that that also has like a, that that's a huge part of this, because if you're if you've had you know, this change in your body. And then it's been like a New York winter. That's very different than a New York summer where um, I think just like speaking generally, we see a little bit more of each other's bods. So how are you yeah. feeling going into that? Um, good. Like the other, like the other day I went to my friend's roof and there were a few people there and I went to the roof in this like low cut shirt. And I was like, it's hot out. I'm going to wear this shirt. And then I got there and like for the first hour, I was like, this is great. Like, yay. And then I still do get that feeling sometimes though, where I'm like, I need to change. Like, this isn't at all how I want people to perceive me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure if it was because of like, yeah, it's probably because like I couldn't wear like a sweater, like a sweatshirt just because it was like 90 degrees. But um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still navigating that. I th- there's like same kind of thing. Like there's like four or five t-shirts that I like really like to wear and that are good. I just don't think any queer person knows how to dress for warm weather. I think we're all <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it looks like people really know what the fuck they're doing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know why that's, yeah, layers are, Layers are the jam, first of all. I will just I say know. that. That is the that is the action right there. Um, but I have been having a little bit of an experience of like, I, cause I've been like working on my upper body strength in a different way. And mm-hmm. so I feel like less, I feel like a little less weird right now in mm-hmm. something like a tank top, which I think mm-hmm. uh, usually I would feel like, oh, that like, looks so feminine. I can't wear that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. That's changing for me. I feel you. I I literally like, I have not, when I figure out how to dress for warm weather, I'll let you know because. Please send me, send me a photo (laughs) when you figure out how to dress. I can't do it. It's so hard. I'm like shorts. How do you wear shorts? I don't know. Oh, well that I actually had to get over when I moved to LA. Actually, I will say I got over that in summers in Chicago too, because it's Uh, just like. I can't stand a sweaty leg. Yeah. That, cause that's just like, then you got to sit in it. Ugh. It's, <laughs> it's true. I don't know. Some shorts I like, again, it just depends on my mood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of shorts mood am I in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of performing, um, you know, since you've, since you've had top surgery, I'm, I'm, have you, have you, have you performed since then? Not really. I did a live stream. Um, I actually did this live stream. It was so weird. Um, we played at this venue in New York, but no one was in the audience. But we were right. actually like playing on the stage, and like right. there was lights and like. Yep. <laughs> but after every song, it was just like dense. Thank you. Yeah I've, d- yeah, I've done this. I've done this um, version of a show. Yeah, I did. I did some shows from like a theater in LA that yeah where the audience is just watching from elsewhere yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it was so weird it was 
And my friends told me that like the, it was on Twitch and my friends told me that like the Twitch chat was like really funny and like people were talking a lot in the chat, but I couldn't see that. So I just had like no idea if, I had no idea if anybody was even watching. You right, know? Like, yeah. I'm like, is anyone yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, that's totally wild and bizarre. Mm-hmm. But also in terms of, you know, because I think about like being on stage or being in front of people, I'm so like aware of what's going on with my body or like how mm-hmm. people are seeing me. I, I didn't know if that factored in um, for you mm-hmm. or if you like just wasn't on your mind. It does. I think like, like I've never been able, like I've never wanted to dance. Like, or like, not that I dance a lot on stage, but it's like, or dance in the, in the way of just being like a little like freer with your body or like less stiff, less like hiding behind a guitar the whole time. Right. But I don't know. I haven't tried to dance yet, but maybe I, I will like be more comfortable with it. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we will see. I'm like excited for you to think about the idea that dancing might be possible. I don't know. I, I mean, know. like, sounds cool. Yeah, I should dance. I should take a dance class. I have taken some dance classes. You have? In the last couple of years. I have. Isn't that weird and amazing? How did they go? What kind of dance? Well, one of them is this thing called Dance Church, which is like, uh, <laughs> like a super queer, like everybody's sort of doing their own moves. Um, but it's led by like a professional dancer who's in the center of the room. It's, it was, it's very not COVID safe because Mm. like, like, I think they're not doing stuff mostly online, but at the time it was like, a lot of it was about like being around each other. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing that. That sounds so fun. Wow. It was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, one of my buddy, like my, my friend Tatiana invited me to go and I, it took me a minute and then I. I don't know. I was just feeling brave. And so like I showed up and felt like truly like I, I don't think I, I don't think I could have gone if I didn't think there was going to be a friend there is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, I, like mm-hmm. I feel like I needed there to be like a point of contact that I could make I, that I could like look at um, yeah. to feel like I could be brave enough to go. But it was cool. Um, and I went and I went a bunch. Um, and then another one that I was doing was uh, this thing called Pony Sweat, which is, again, very queer. And there's like hip hop moves. That everybody pony in the sweat? room, pony sweat. I know this is what it's like, you know, when you're queer. And that one is that one. There's moves, but you don't have oh, to know like the moves. Chore- choreography. There's like choreography. Yep. Got it. Mm-hmm. Moves. Mm-hmm. I think in the there's dance moves. world, it's called choreography. Well, at this place, they call it moves because they're trying oh. to be uh, welcoming moves. and friendly. But you're right. Choreography. Moves. Moves. I like that. Uh. And then the last thing I did was I took a bunch, I took a couple ballet classes. That was terrible. Don't do that one. Oh. I mean, maybe, it, maybe you'll love it. <laughs> I want to take like a, I don't know. I, I wish there was a dance class for like, this is how you dance when you're like kind of at a bar slash club and it's like kind of awkward, but you also <laughs> like kind of want to flirt with somebody. This is how you dance, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think you should find the person to start that and then yeah. I will attend. That sounds great. Okay. I think it would be really informative. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Claude, it's been really great talking to you. Um, yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me. I, I listen to this podcast all the time, so I was really excited. Oh, my God. First of all, amazing. Second of <laughs> all, it's, it is really great to have you. And um, when, you're, when you're touring in the fall, 
I didn't look this up. Or maybe that's not even announced, but are you coming to LA? Yeah, yeah, it is announced. I'm touring like, um, I'm opening for this band Bleachers for a couple months. Absolutely. Yeah, and we will be playing in LA, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Can I come see you? I'll you come gotta, see you. Yeah, you, you got to come. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Right. Awesome. Um, that sounds great. Before I send you back into your day, I want to ask you to shout out a Quiro, which is a okay. person, place, or thing that made you feel that you can be who you are today. A Quiro. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think I'm going to have to say, oh my gosh. Brandy Carlisle. I listened to a lot of Brandy Carlisle in high school and yeah. That's that's amazing. Brandy was just on the show. As oh really? You might yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so sick. Yeah, I love I love Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> Great voice. Yeah, incredible. Like I feel like listening to Brandy's music is like how I got into songwriting, probably. I can't wait. For Brandy to know that. I think that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, um, hope you have a great rest of your day. And you as well. I can't wait to come see you in LA. Like for sure. Yeah, yeah that'll that be great. really fun. And it's an outdoor show, so that's definitely gonna happen. Where are you all at? Where do you know? Let me you... look on my I mean, let's just keep this on the podcast and promote the show for you and bleachers. <laughs> Not that bleachers need my help. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I don't know how to... Oh, Palladium? Wonderful. Cool. I've never been there, but it's outside, right? I don't think it is. Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) The last last show into at the Palladium was uh, Bikini Kill. So, you know, it's a... a, And who else have I seen there? St. Vincent. So anyway, it's a blessed Uh, stage. I love St. Vincent. Is what I'm trying to say. I've Very also cool. hosted a show there. I hosted a show where, you know what? This is the final thing I'll say is that I hosted a, a benefit show there one time for the LA LGBT Center. And mm. sometimes it's, it's very fun to cherry pick and invite my parents to certain events where I know that they will be impressed so that yeah. I can say like, look, relax, everything's going okay. I know uh-huh. I have a job that's kind of stressful in terms of like, is this going well or not? But like, uh-huh. come to this. Anyway, so at the LA LGBT Center, um, the headliner was Carol King. <gasps> and I mean, like really wonderful people were on this show, but for my parents and they, you know, they were like mm-hmm. sat at my table at the benefit, uh-huh. which was like, fr- that, which, you know, was like front row center or whatever. And yeah. I got to be like, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else and all the people in the audience, please welcome Carol. K- you know, that's so cool. I do that too with my parents. I'm, I, I'm like, what, what will they find the most impressive and least embarrassing? You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, Claude, uh, I love talking to you. You're the best. So yeah, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs>